Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Okay, folks, welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate, continuing on with our seller education series. And today, what we're going to be continuing on from is our last week's session, which was on the weekly summary report that Jason and I went through. And today, what we're going to be going through is the delivery of that weekly summary report, as we mentioned at the end of that podcast, but also the agenda of which you go through in your face-to-face meeting with the sellers. Um, Jason, important that we go through some of the criteria in respect to a seller meeting, um, because again, too often we are creating keyboard warriors within our sellers and not to mention as well as the agents are falling into that category as well and not having the conversation with them on a face-to-face basis. So we need to address a couple of different notions is the first notion being that they're there or they're in the local area, they're in their primary place of residence. Do you go and sit with them face-to-face every week? Absolutely. 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 Now, even then also, if you're going through the process and you're doing it correctly, whether it be auction or traditional, you're following the campaign calendar and what you're actually really doing is making sure that you're setting those weekly meetings. And even if they are out of the country, out of state, they can't be in that individual location, is asking them to be at the beginning of the meeting in the 24-hour meeting when you set the calendar, ask them to be by a computer so that therefore you can walk them through the report at the same time. Okay, it's very important to have the control over this part of the, part of it all because this is a really key credential in 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 the factor of making sure that they're retaining the feedback that you have generated in that tangible report and that what you've really gone to because again it doesn't matter how good your report is that if it's not read correctly or it's not presented correctly it falls on deaf ears. That's right. So ultimately, guys. Let's get, let's get to the primary factors in all of this, okay? If they're out of state, you've asked them to be by a computer, but let's role play if they're actually not for a second. So I'm gonna call Jason and he's my seller and he's just on the road and he's not near a computer and he's like, oh no, let's continue doing it and whatever it may be. Sure. You've, got to have the, you've got to have a bit of control. So Jason's my seller, I'm giving him a call on, it is, uh, it's a Monday at, uh, what is it now, mate? Almost 1.45, we scheduled in to talk at 1.45, so ring, ring, ring. Hello. Hi, Jason. It's Ben Brady here. How are you? Hey, Ben. Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. I just wanted to make sure that we're all good to jump onto a computer and run through the weekly summary report. Is that okay? Yeah, mate. I'm uh, just driving at the moment, but um, let's shoot. I've got an hour or so to, to kill, so uh, good timing. Jason, need to be in front of the report so I can physically show you because verbally, I don't think it's going to come across well. No problem at all. Um, when will you be by a computer later this evening? Oh, mate. It's going to be really really tough for me this evening i'm not going to be home until late and i've got an evening function i really don't want to kind of take it into the into the night so just chew through it with me now and shoot me the email so i can then go through it once you've given me the details tomorrow morning when i give you a call in the morning do you have some availability while you're near the computer because i really want to step you through some of the things that i'm seeing on a trend basis that you'd need to see uh i did set this up i I really i really did set this up with you and you i got your approval for it when we went through the 24-hour meeting and we set that calendar and again at the end of the day i can appreciate that you've got a busy schedule but at the same point in time jace i really take what i do seriously and this is a key part of the process in walking you through visually through the report yeah no no i I appreciate that mate things happen hey uh chew through it with me and and send it to me and we can go from there jace i need you in front of the computer mate as i mentioned so why don't we just reschedule i'll call you when you're not on the road so you can look at your phone and and schedule a meeting um give you a call later this evening or we can reschedule it tomorrow morning is that okay okay sure thing thanks mate bye 
So guys, really important that I stuck to my guns there because all I'm going to do is then verbally say to him, oh, look, we, you know, they thought it was worth 1.15 million and he's just going to blow up in the car and cut me off and there's not going to be any structure or tier to the meeting. There's no agenda to the meeting. There's nothing to go through and they're in full control of that. And when you've asked of someone something and you've reconfirmed it on your daily phone calls and communication with them, I would have confirmed that with him the day before. It wouldn't get to that awkwardness, okay? No, of course. So let me ask you this, Ben. What would... Uh and most sellers, I think I was reasonably nice to you, yeah, Dan, is most sellers, again, prefacing the fact that you've been speaking to them every day yeah, and correct. understanding what's going on, but they're going to want to know some more of the specifics, the details, the follow-up, where that's kind of got to, and they may be a little bit more anxious to say, no, just, Ben, just tell me what's yep. what's going on. How'd you handle that? I, I would handle it with, hey, a simple five-minute conversation won't justify what exactly is going on with your property, and I really would like the fact that if you respected my position, you mentioned that you would trust me in the very beginning of this process in our 24-hour meeting that I'm doing everything to get your home sold. You need to trust that being in front of the report is the best way for you to visually see it, because I don't want you to take things out of context. Okay. Okay. And and guys, that's really and and if someone's going to fight you on this type of stuff, you know, you haven't been doing a good job communicating with them. Mm. You haven't been doing a good job sticking to your calendar because it will never get to that point, really. Okay. Um. However, guys, the uh, the next thing in all of this as well is if you are in front of if you are in front of that person, um, this is a, a because you know if you look at the the marketplace that we're in at the moment it depends on whether you're in a holiday marketplace or whether you're in a seasonal marketplace I should say or whether you're also you know in a marketplace where it is normally the primary place of residence where the person is in it it's important that you keep control of the meeting as well with your agenda the real difficulty that you can't control if you are via Skype or you are on a phone call and they are on that email is them scrolling ahead and reading through the report and you not being able to keep control one of the real parameters that I always had that regardless of whether there was 20 people at a table there would only be one copy of the report mm. uh, very rarely was there 20 people at a table but there would be one copy of the report that I would leave behind them but one of the real catalyst guys that I really want to talk about here is something that I've always harped on about is the fact that is that um, I learned this lesson the hard way is I did 18 months of real estate where I thought that every seller really hated me and I was really not looking forward to any of my um, seller meetings on a weekly basis now to those of you that know me well, you know, someone hating me isn't an odd thing. Um, but at the oh, same point in time... Don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> but, but at the same point in time, guys, is that they were just violently aggressive with me every week. And one of the things that it really opened my eyes to is a quick situation, a quick story, is that I went down to see a property. It was 44 Westlake Drive in Westlake. Um, and the gentleman's name was Peter Rogers. And I still remember walking into that meeting and he had his entire dining room table that was, you know, 15 foot long that was full of evidence. You know, he pointed at me and said, Ben, you come over here. And I thought, oh, this is going to be a really tough meeting. And on that dining room table, it was full of evidence of why the report was wrong in the sense that he'd had a map out. He had put the map in in, um, in scale. He had shown me like this property here been sold, you know, five years ago. And it was this much closer to mine is this much closer to the river. So mine should be worth more money. I'm like, Peter, I don't even know the property. Five years ago, it doesn't mean anything. Like just some unjustified reasons to why the feedback in my report was actually wrong um, because he'd had... 24 to 48 hours to stew over it and come up with a rebuttal and talk himself out of it. So this was one of the most important lessons of my entire career, I believe, in real estate. As I went back up to the office after that and my business owner, Bill, noticed that I wasn't in a good mood, I chucked a little bit of a tantrum, um, threw something against you. the wall um, and just really was unhappy with how the meeting had went in getting across the message or my feedback or just noticing just he really wasn't listening to any of it. And Bill said to me, he goes, 
what do you mean? So you give the report to them before you go to the meeting? And I'm like, yes, of course. I'd get it done on Monday and my assistant sends it out on a Tuesday. And my meetings are usually Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and I do them most of the evening. And he's yeah. like, and he said to me, Ben, you were my personal assistant for four years. When did you ever see me send a report before we got there? I'm like, Bill, one, you're inherently lazy. Two is that I did them for you. And three, you don't even have an email. And, and he goes, well, that was by, it wasn't by default, it was by design in the sense that you can never give somebody a report before you get there because he's like, well, are people just hate you in the meetings? I'm like, absolutely. He's like, they've had time to sit there and stew over this feedback for at least a day or two, depending on how long. You know, some of them might be calmer than others, but at the same point in time, that none of it would have sunk in based on the principle that they would have tried to talk them way out of it. He says, you have to bring the report with you each and every time. And if your seller is out of state, if they're overseas, you have to send it to them the moment that they're on the computer. Jason, are you on the computer? Yeah. Yep, great. Okay, I've just hit send on the email. Let me know when you've got it. How have things been so far? Just have, have a bit of small talk. Once the report is there, then you can walk them through it and have that agenda, guys. That is one of the most important lessons that I've ever gotten when delivering feedback to somebody is when you're doing it face-to-face, over the phone or whatever it may be, don't give them time to have it on their own because you can then defend it and show them that show them that their emotion is getting in the way of them listening to the actual truth. Yeah, that's interesting because... Uh... I agree with everything you're saying and obviously we've been working together for a long time and, and, and kind of practice uh, in a very, very similar way and, and it's interesting listening, Ben, to some of the things that we've uh, adapted and come up with uh, here in, in, in Harcourt in the US and the similarities to what we both ran individually in Australia. Now, in Australia, doing a very, very similar report to the one that we've come up with here for Harcourt's auctions is I always did send it ahead of time and I found that I didn't necessarily have people that were hating me, so, no, so to speak. No. But I did in my meeting, instead of, you know, I'd say the meeting would go for about half an hour and I'd try to do half an hour uh, seller meetings and I'd find that they would always extend to about an hour. And the reason for that is because I found myself doing a little bit of backpedaling or a little bit of justification to some of the things that are in the report, given that they had gone through it, they had had time to discuss, come up with questions, come up with objections, which is fine to hash out some of those Absolutely. things. Absolutely. But you want to be able to explain it and justify it ahead of time instead yep. of having that negative kind of sour taste in their mouth where they think for a minute, even if it is only a minute, or in my case, I do all of my follow-up calls on Monday, I'd send the report and finalize that a Tuesday evening afternoon, I do all my seller meetings Wednesday afternoon. Yep. And so by that time, they already had this preconceived notion of whether things were or weren't going well, whether I was doing what I, what, what and, I needed and, to do. And, and again, not trying to judge it, but mate, you're probably a more de- developed real estate person than what you were then, but you probably suffered at that point, at that early stage of your real estate career with the same thing that I suffered with when I was sending the reports, is that the, the, the thinking that you need to get them something as soon as possible after the weekend, they need to see something physically from you. It's that anxiety in the education deal or that reporting back to them to show you I am working for you, which is fine. It's all good. But the, the problem that you faces with that, it, it falls on deaf ears. Again, one, yeah. of, my, one of my favorite sayings is it falls on deaf ears yeah. because they read it and because you're not there to, to, to help with that initial reaction or talk them through why that was and why it isn't bullshit, for lack of better terminology, is that, is that ultimately they sit there and, and just stew. No, and you're exactly right. And, and, and just like these reports as well, Ben, mine were very concise. I only ever did one-page reports. Yep. Uh, I didn't have the second page, um, which I, I believe is vital, kind of having that split, as we discussed in the last episode, between Correct. this week's information and the and the entire campaign's information. But um, when it was so concise like that, yep. and you're kind of not telling a story behind that, you can have some sellers that think, 
oh, is that it kind of thing? Yeah, correct. You know, is, is, is that all he's doing or yeah. whatever it might be? So I just thought I'd add that in there as a funny note as far as just some learnings that I've had or some differences as far as the way that I used to do things. And, and, and again, how I can see that that worked, not, worked against me, yes, but gave me more work at the time. No question about it. And there's no question about it as well to finalize this point before we move on to the actual agenda of that meeting and how it's structured and the questions to ask is the final thing that I'll add to that is that, guys, it doesn't stop the aftermath or the or the venting that happens no. um, in the sense that, but it's just in a different time. So for example, is that if you've been listening to the Seller Education Series or you practice the way that we do, is that every day outside of the one day in, on the weekend that you're not doing an open house, you're, you're calling the seller. The day after your weekly meeting, so whether it be Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, whatever it may be, when you call them and if they do pick up and when they pick up, is that, trust me, your call, on, your call to update them usually takes between 30 seconds and a minute. It'll be a three to five minute conversation. They'll talk about it. They'll they'll reflect on it, you know, because one of the questions that you do ask after your meeting is that, well, how do you feel after the edu- after the feedback that you got last night? But, mate, again, though, you, you've kind of set the tone for that, though, and you're going to know what to expect and you're in control of Correct. that situation. As opposed to sending the report and then walking into them face to face, blind as to what kind of reception you're going to get, you've been able to control the meeting. You've been able to control how the report's been delivered, the conviction, the information that's been provided, the good news and the bad news, of course. But uh, but then you're going to know where you're at and what needs to be done. And again, if you need to navigate and change course in the campaign, if things need to be adjusted in any which way, price, marketing, whatever it might be. And we're going to talk about that today because what we're talking about now is the review meeting. And and again, getting to the end of the review meeting is the only time that there really is friction within the entire process if you run it correctly. And we're going to talk in another episode, which will be our next one, how do we set up a tough conversation? Then we're going to talk about our different facets of tough conversations and scripts and dialogues in order to ask different questions and perspectives from of a seller in order to get them thinking about the transaction. However, let's go through the agenda, Jason. I'm going to walk them through it first in respect to some of the um, some of the topics, and then we can go through and we can just do a bit of a role play of one if you're okay sure, with that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, first thing that I always ask, I discuss the level of service that they've had to date in the in the agenda. Okay. Um, then I go through and I present the weekly report and I do so by reviewing the marketing carried out to date and the activities that we have done in respect to going through the website activity. If for the, for a reminder of those that either didn't listen or, or or it's been a little while since you've listened to the last week's episode is that, you know, remembering that that structure of the weekly summary report was a top-down approach where we went from the highest volume of eyeballs on it to the, those that have made the phone calls. So the website activities and the marketing activities, okay, that can be tracked. Then we have phone inquiry, so process of elimination showing that the seller, that, that there was a level of rejection there. Then through to out of those phone inquiries, how many people then did come through to second showings to then individually specify what people thought that the property um, in respect to comments, what stages they were, not associating uh, common comments about the property with those names, keeping that separate, and then going over um, and then summarizing all the collective weeks together with the consistent comments because feedback does not equal what is wrong with the house or what they like about the home. Feedback equals what, Jace? Price. And then you, so you go with consistent comments. Then you have the bar graph that we spoke about that visually gives them an aid to show them how, how far or close, how far or close the market is to where their expectation is a visual aid to compare them to the market. And then the average prices in respect to highest feedback to date, lowest feedback to date and average feedback to date. And again, those reports split up in two pages. Report page number one is the last seven days. It's not collective. 
page number two is the collective feedback in respect to price and consistent comments. So therefore, so going through that agenda, we discuss service, we present the weekly report, we present the activities that have gone to date with that website activity and all of those things and going through the calendar, guys. This is really, really important for you to use here. Your calendar of sale that you've done and ticking things off is a really important perspective of it all. Um, and then going through and talking about the numbers being how many people came through, how many would you expect to come through, addressing the details of why they came through and why some might have fallen away some did a drive past the home and didn't like it so they didn't come in or whatever it may be then you go down and provide a real estate market update guys really important providing that real estate market update and the reason why is because and the reason why is based on the principle of the fact that um, that you need to tell them what's going on in the last week or so before that report um, but like because real estate markets are constantly changing discussing the feedback and what's going to happen in the future actions as well so going through and this is this was the week that was now this is the week that's coming up mr and mrs seller this is what's happening here in the weekly calendar and then the final questions being our highest feedback has been x and our or, or our highest offer has been x and really questioning them on price and that's where the tension can start to happen okay that's one of the most vital parts of the meeting but again you've set all of that up ahead of that final question but it's one of the most important questions you know you need to make sure that with the highest amount of interest and the highest offer or the highest feedback that's been presented is hey how do we feel about this guys you, right. need, you need to you know rip the bandaid off well it's actually not how do you feel about it it's actually how close to this would you accept but let's get let's get dive or into would it you do a bit of a role play yeah, that's right. Let's dive into it and do a little bit of a role play. Guys, this will be an incredibly expediated version um, because we want to make sure we're conscious of keeping you engaged into this. But let's go through it, Jason, if you don't mind. So, um, so Jason, again, thanks very much for sitting down with me. Um, uh, if Lara was involved in the transaction, we would have both of you here, obviously, but it's Jason. So, Jason, thanks very much for sitting down with me and, and going through the weekly summary report. Again, these are vital to make sure that we keep a, a very valid connection and a clear line of communication throughout this entire process. And one of the first questions that I'll ask you every single week in our weekly meetings is that do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? I think at this point, mate, there's no question. Yep. Great. Okay. Now, guys, let's pause there for a moment. Why do I ask that question? Um, because ultimately, when it comes to them accepting an offer, it's peace of mind. And I can certainly use that as leverage to say, guys, you've mentioned the entire way through that I've done everything in my power to get your home sold. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm asking that I put enough deposits into your bank account that I'm taking a withdrawal to say that I don't want you to accept this because I'd love you to get more money, but I need you to. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's a multitude of ways that we can use that later on. Uh, second part of the agenda, Jason, is um, you know I wanted to um, present the weekly report to you. Notice I've only got one copy here, just so that we can stay in control of this and make sure that you know no one gets distracted and we run through this in an appropriate manner. I'll leave this copy with you. Um, but wanted to run through. First of all, we've got website activity. Now, guys, this is pretty simple. You're just running them through and pointing it out. There's no special way of showing them. There's no special indication, but there really is certain things that you need to point out along the way. You need to point out that you've had 6,000 views on the property. You need to point out only eight, eight people called in. You need to point out out of those eight, one of them dropped away, okay? Um, it, and only we only had seven come through the open house. I would have expected more private showings because that means they're coming back for a second look at the property because that's when we allow those. Um, and just so you're aware also, Mr. Mr. Seller or Jason is that I want you to look at all of the budgets that I have from all the buyers. I want you to notice that all of them have the ability to pay more money than what you want for your home. Okay. However, um, they just don't see that value. That's one of the things. So these important things that you point out, 
The other thing, when you go over to page two, um, consistent comments is fine. Um, they, the sellers tend to want to spend a little bit more time on the consistent comments, like the you know the view is a selling point, the floor plan and layout is unfavorable. They really want to dwell on those things and they want to try and justify why they're not. And this you've got to uh, you you can't empower them to do so. You've got to move on swiftly, guys, because it doesn't matter. And it's by saying to them, Jason, I can respect all of those things, but a lot of those things we cannot change. And if you weren't go and if you were going to change them, it's an incredible financial investment. That might not pay off guys the key thing that ben said is don't dwell on it doesn't matter you're going to get feedback like this from every buyer from comments. any buyer in any market yep. sorry comments yes yep. you're going to get these consistencies no matter what the property every property is going to pose a challenge or pose something that a buyer or an agent can pick on or comment on okay the key thing that ben just said there is it doesn't matter price interest leverage is going to overcome any of those issues That's mention right. it the seller needs to be aware of it but as you say, don't don't let it kind of become the, the topic of a uh, conversation. That's right. Then you go into the visual aid, guys. You go into the horizontal bar graph where you go through everybody that's been through to date and their price feedback in comparison to, the, to their expectations. And it's pretty simple. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, or, or Jason in this case. Jason, um, the blue line is your expectations down the bottom and I've got you sitting there at about $1.3 million. As you can see here, based on the bar graph, we are falling short from everybody that's been through the property. And, and you can't say that they're not, they're not the right buyers, Jason. And the reason you can't say that is because all of them financially can pay more if they wanted to. They just don't see the value in it at this point. Um, so there is a discrepancy there. And if we use the average in respect to the numbers obviously is that you've got um, your highest price feedback has been one million two hundred thousand dollars the lowest has been nine hundred and your average is about a, a, at a million and twenty so Jason the thing that I do want to go through just before we dive into this a little bit further um, is that from a real estate market update as well, one of the things that I do is that I want to, I've printed out all the properties that have come on the marketplace in the past 30 days, okay, or in the last week that we've spoken, um, any new ones. I've also printed out the ones that have sold as well because the ones that have sold, people have directly said no to your property and said yes to that property. So we need to understand why and we need to understand our competition because as competition comes on the market, prices change. So um, guys, and one of the really important point, if I break out a dialogue for a second here, as well as I dive into the current market update that we go through in the agenda, which is, um, which is actually agenda point number four we're at at the moment, is that, is that providing a real estate market update, it's not going, hey, the market's doing this. It's actually just going through the, the other properties that have come on the marketplace in the area. You should be signing your sellers up to the automated emails for Zillow on the MLS or whatever it may Absolutely. be. And it prompts them every time something happens within their community because every time a property comes on the marketplace, even though it might be overpriced or whatever it is, there's always a rebuttal for it. But also it's competition. A property's never on the marketplace in isolation. They're on the market in competition. It's funny how a seller thinks they put their head on the pillow at night, their home's worth 500 and they wake up in the morning, it's worth 500. 10. Yep. It's just, it, it's interesting from that perspective. Then going through and pointing that, that out, guys, is talking about the calendar of sale and going through those type of things. That's really simple stuff. But let's talk about the final discussion here is that, Jason, I mentioned to you that our highest feedback has been 1.2 and our lowest feedback has been 900. That averages us out at about a million, a million 20. Mm -hmm. Jason, we've got here that your expectations are at $1.3 million. How close with this feedback now would you, would you accept to a million twenty, uh, I wouldn't accept anything near a million twenty. I mean, the highest offer or the highest interest level we've got is one point two. That's a long way from a million twenty as it is. So, if we were presented with one point two, Jason, would you would you consider it? No. Now, guys, 
this is a such a deeper conversation than me answering this question off the cuff. This is what we're going to dive into next week. But right now, folks, you can feel that tension in the conversation. This happens once a week. And if you don't provoke that, t- that tension, all that's going to happen is when you get a good marketplace offer, a great offer, your seller's not going to accept it. And it's your fault because you didn't have this conversation. Everything and all the evidence has left Jason powerless in his argument of why he wants more. All of it. And here is your chance to not forcefully do anything, but to point out a few things of why potentially greed might be getting in the way and blurring his vision of true market value. Mm. Folks, everyone always asks me, it sounds like you're constantly in conflict with the seller. Absolutely not. Once a week at my face-to-face or over the phone or Skype appointment when I'm running through the report and to go through it with you again, the question at the very beginning that is unbelievably important because everything else is running through your report, guys. It's not that hard. And giving a market update, that's not that hard. But the first question, do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? And then the last question, our highest feedback has been X, our lowest has been X, our average is this. How close to the average would you accept? Guys, the language is important. Don't ever ask a seller, what do you want? Ask them, what won't you take? And apologize to it. Jason, I know this is an unorthodox way for me to ask, but what won't you take? What's a price you would never even consider? The other thing is how close to that number would you accept? Not what would you take? How close to a million 20 would you accept? Gets you closer there. Language is very, very important in this perspective. If you watch Sharan's um, session the other day within our Harcourt's Hub Network, and it's recorded that you can go back on there, so that ultimately language, he talks about language in the listing appointment around price. This is language when educating on price, folks, that is very, very, very important. But, But guys, it's important also that even if you've had an offer, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you rejected that offer. Would you reject it again? If it turned up again, would we reject it? Use the use use that use that in order to provoke the conversation. But this is your chance to provoke. We're going to go through over the next couple of weeks about about how we frame that conversation to to bring it to their attention that potentially they're not being exactly in line with price or listening to the market we're going to talk about how do we frame a tough conversation then what direction can we go in in the most tactful way shape and form i think the uh, only other thing to add there ben as well is if you did have that offer at say 1.2 is the ability to resubmit and continue to show the seller there is you know if we were to get that offer again would you accept it this offer is still here. Would you look at that now? Well, one of the things that Jason, and this is, uh, sorry to go off on a tangent, but this would be a little bit of a bonus if you've listened right to the end, folks, is that is that one of the tangents that I go off into our training all the time is that traditional real estate doesn't allow sellers to make mistakes. And most of the time they make mistakes because of the agent not being diligent enough in the process and not educating from the very beginning so that they don't see market when it turns up. So if, it, if, if, a, if a buyer came along and offered $1.2 million on a property that was traditionally listed at one4 which is happening in our marketplace at the moment, Jace. It's about 10% less, if okay, not more. Yeah. If not more yeah. They walk away. If they get rejected or they don't get a counter or they get a counter back that's stupid, they walk away and they go buy something else so they leave that property completely out of their scope. Yeah. With auction, it's beautiful. Yeah. They can offer 1.2. We can hang on to it. We can represent, represent, represent. The seller is allowed to be a human being and make mistakes because you know we might think that it's them being greedy, but it's not. It's just them being human. 
we'd like us all, we all want more for what we have. And I'm a pure candidate of that when any, whenever I've sold any type of real estate. And that's the reality, guys. So make sure that you understand that auction is allowing your seller to be a human. And that is a wonderful pitch in your listing presentation as well. Because while they might not resonate with it, with it in that appointment, they will certainly think about that at, a, at an aftermath. Guys, at the risk of uh, losing your attention, we appreciate you listening in. Jace, anything else to add? Nothing there. I think that was a good one. Perfect. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to you tuning in next time, guys. Thank you. Cheers.